Billy Joe Saunders could be in hot water with the WBO after this scandal, if you want to call it that, surrounding this video he posted where he was giving tips on how to hit a woman. And I mentioned in a previous video that to me, it's clear that Billy Joe Saunders is joking. It's dark humor. But in this day and age, in this current climate, that kind of dark humor doesn't go down well with a hell of a lot of people. And it's not the first time Billy Joe has been involved in posting very controversial stuff on social media. And so now, uh, Paco Varsel, I always struggle to pronounce his surname phonetically, so I'm just going to call him Paco Varsel, who is the president of the WBO. Uh, he said that, well, he, he offered a, a strongly worded statement on Twitter and he said, Billy Joe Saunders' recent actions are unacceptable. With his conduct, he failed his family, his friends and his fans. The World Boxing Organization will follow the British Boxing Border Control's investigation carefully before taking any further action. What could the further action be? Could they strip Billy Joe Saunders of his WBO world title? I guess it's a possibility. I don't think that they have got that much sympathy with Billy Joe Saunders. I don't think that they see him as an indispensable champion. And he's not with Frank Warren anymore. Frank Warren is the one who has the really close relationship with the WBO. Eddie Hearn doesn't have a bad relationship with him, but he doesn't have the long-term history of being really close to the WBO like Frank Warren did. So now he's with Eddie Hearn. And look, he, he has been with the WBO a long time, right? He was WBO uh, middleweight champion for a very long time, Billy Joe Saunders. And now it's super middleweight. So he's got his own personal relationship with them. But I don't know. I mean, how close is he personally to the WBO compared to Frank Warren? I suspect Frank Warren is way closer than Billy Joe is. And now he's no longer with Frank Warren. I do think that that might make it easier just from a personal relationship standpoint for the WBO to sanction him, to punish him in some way, maybe strip him. We'll see. Let me know what you guys think in the comment section below. Now, if this was a one-off from Billy Joe Saunders, then I would say banning him, and I'm talking about the British Boxing Board of Control banning him, and the WBO potentially uh, suspended him or fining him, I would say that's very harsh if it was a one-off, but given Billy Joe's track record, it will be difficult for me to argue against him being punished for this particular video because of the fact that it's not a one-off incident. There's history with Billy Joe, you know? So again, I'm not here to make any moral judgments for or against. I'm just saying that we know how the current climate is in the world. We know that Billy Joe's got previous form and some of the things Billy Joe's done before, I completely condemn, all right? But at some stage, common sense has got to kick in with Billy Joe. You have to know that certain things are not going to go down well whatsoever. You can't keep on doing this kind of stuff <laughs> because if you do, the consequences are going to come. And again, because he's got a history of doing it, <clears throat> the the sympathy is going to be few and far between. So, <clears throat> excuse me. 
<clears throat> and because he's got a history of doing it, there's not that many people who are going to sympathize with Billy Joel if he gets punished. So anyway, let me know what you guys think in the comment section below. The prospect of Billy Joel potentially being stripped by the WBO. What would happen to the vacant belt? Would he still get the Canelo fight? Could seriously hurt his career. Let me know, people. World Heavyweight Champion, a title he's earned twice. The legendary Tyson Fury joins us now for the first time since his victory over Deontay Wilder in February from his home in Morecambe, where he's in lockdown. I can't even imagine what kind of caged lion you are <laughs> in lockdown, Tyson. How are you finding it? Uh... You know, it's um, there is positives to take out of every negative, and the positive for me is that I get to spend a lot of time with my family and kids and doing family activities, which I'd usually be too busy to do. So that, that's been kind of cool for me. Um, you know what, Tyson? I think that's such a good way of looking at it because I think a lot of people are, going, are struggling with lockdown. I know it's only been a week uh, for, for most people, but they, they might feel like, oh, my goodness, this isn't normal life and it's tough to deal with. But it is a fabulous way of interpreting it. I actually get to spend time precious time with those closest to me. And, and that can help you turn it around, can't it? It can, it can. It's a very special uh, time to spend at home with the family. And in a few months when this is all over and gone, we'll look back at us and think, you know what? That was a good time we had to spend at home with our families and stuff. So you can take a positive from every negative in life. And I'm just trying to take a, a positive from this, this moment. Tyson, how hard is it for an athlete in the peak of your powers to stay at the right level when you're in lockdown like this? It's quite difficult because obviously I'm not allowed to, uh, to go out and to go to gyms and train and whatever, but however, there is a however. <laughs> I have been doing every morning, 9am, uh, I've been doing a workout video with the world live on Instagram. Um, we do like a 50-minute workout and it really helps, you know, it helps me stay in shape. It's helping many, many people out there joining in from all over the world. Um, I'm very, very grateful that I can have an input on, on helping people with their fitness and their mental health struggles during these lockdown times. And you recruit the whole family as well? Well, I've got Paris here and the kids and everybody goes nuts in the front room while we're working out. Uh, it's, it's been a real uh, enjoying uh, time as well. How, how domesticated are you, Tyson? Are you, are you putting the bins out? You're making the <laughs> breakfast? I mean, how far does well, it go? I am glad you did ask about the bins because I'm struggling because the bin man comes in my area once every two weeks. Um, I have a truckload of rubbish that needs to go to the tip. I can't take it there because all the tips are closed. Yeah. Um, so I'm just piling up rubbish, stockpiling. Uh, hoarding. <laughs> You're stockpiling rubbish. <laughs> that doesn't sound very hygienic. <laughs> it doesn't. I've got to wait till next Monday now before the bin man comes. And he'll only take two bins and I've got about 15 bins full. <laughs> um, These I... are what I would call first world problems, Tyson. It's probably the amount of food you're guzzling. Yeah. You know what, you don't realise it, but having the kids off school all yeah. day, every day, uh, we're going through that much shopping and rubbish. It's, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. You know, they're going through it like a hot knife through butter. Yeah. Uh, talking of hot the, knife through butter... The you, bin you, men just want to say, pay tribute to them. You, you know, you were talking yeah, they're about great. them yesterday they're great. as well. They're performing... An, an, and the bin women. They've been people, because there are women who do it as well. Uh, Tyson, we've not spoken to you since your fantastic, thrilling, wonderful victory over Deontay Wilder. He's a sucker for punishment. He wants more of it, and you're going to have to fight him again as part of the deal. I'm surprised he wants more of it after <laughs> the way you dismantled him. Are you? 
Yeah, um, I'll be obliged to give him a bit more, though. Um, you, can, you never get <laughs> Deontay Wilder up. It's just one of those things where you take great pride out of doing. Um, yeah, I, I really did what I said I was going to do. Um, not many people in boxing, especially, say something can then do exactly what they said they were going to do. Um, so I was quite proud of the performance. Um, and I'm really looking forward to getting all this coronavirus out of the way and getting, uh, getting the world back on track and getting back to my job. What do you, I mean, sport's on hold right now. Uh, people are obviously missing it, but they've got to wait. Everyone, everyone just has to be patient, don't they, and wait for this all to come through. The Premier League are trying to keep it going and stuff. What do you think about that? You know, um, the sports are a big, 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 important thing in a lot of people's lives, including myself, you know. Now there's no football or nothing like that. I'm twiddling my thumbs like this, like yeah. watching old, old games and watching old fights. And all sports around the world, have, like I say, have a massive impact in, in people's lives. And the quick... Tyson, it's brilliant to talk to you. I, I'm sure we'll talk to you again because there's nothing else for you to do all day. So uh, we'd love to catch <laughs> up with you again down the line. And best of luck to you and your family. Uh, we're all obviously going through the same thing, uh, but really appreciate you joining us. Thank you, mate. Yes, I just want to say thank you very much for um, keeping us updated every morning on Good Morning Britain. Thank you to everybody in the office and uh, risking their lives at this uh, day. Thank you, mate. Dangerous time. So, big shout to everybody. Big shout to everybody at the NHS, and I hope you liked uh, the waters that we delivered to them. Fantastic, oh, yeah. Tyson. I know you're doing a lot of work with that, and it's really appreciated by the, all the health workers. Thank you very much, mate. We really appreciate you joining us. George Foreman says he's had a nice conversation with Deontay Wilder. As you can see here, he says, I had a nice conversation with Wilder. We talked because I was in a position where I lost unexpectedly with the title in Africa. Only I know what he's going through. And that was obviously to Muhammad Ali. He goes on to say he's going to have to live with the Fury loss, but I can show him how to live with that and come back better. We talked a lot on those lines. And he says, finally, that Deontay Wilder can beat Tyson Fury. He says, not only beat him, but he can do it easily. Give him another chance, he'll show you. Now, I think that George Foreman is angling for a trainer or advisor role in the Deontay Wilder camp. I think that's what this is all about because when Anthony Joshua lost, George Foreman offered to train him. I think that George Foreman wants to have one final chapter in his boxing career as a trainer, he wants to taste that glory again. And it's because the heavyweight division is on fire again. It's the first time the heavyweight division has been so interesting for many, many years. And that has sparked the interest of George Foreman <laughs> and he would like to be involved again. He'd like to have one last chapter in his boxing career. So I think that's what that is. Does he really believe that Deontay Wilder can beat Tyson Fury easily? I think he believes in the power of positive thinking. <laughs> I would say that. And obviously he was famous for coming back 10 years after he retired in the late 70s. When he lost to Jimmy Young, he then retired for 10 years, became a preacher and a, a Baptist minister and uh, came back in the mid to late 80s, had a couple attempts at the title against Evander Holyfield and Michael, no, Evander Holyfield and uh, Tommy Morrison, which he lost. 
Then he eventually had his third uh, tilt at the title during his comeback against Michael Mora, and he famously won that fight uh, by a 10th round knockout. So he knows all about comebacks. He knows all about perseverance. And one thing about George Foreman, he was, he was certainly a very mentally strong fighter, and he appeared to be mentally stronger after his 10-year hiatus than he was prior to it. I think prior to his 10-year hiatus, he was still a little immature. When he came back, he had the maturity, he had more wisdom, etc. He might not have been as good a fighter, but he was you know, mentally stronger and just, uh, yeah, just, just smarter when he came back in his uh, second career, as they used to call it. So he definitely has a lot of experience which he could share with Deontay Wilder. And they talked about you know, how to rebound from a loss. And it's interesting that Wilder's actually talking to Foreman. Yeah, it's interesting that he's doing that. To me, that's a good sign that he's listening to some of the old timers because Deontay Wilder has had this attitude like the old timers are uh, envious of me and it's a new time and this, that, and the other. And look, some of the old timers he's been cool with, like Lennox Lewis. Him and Lewis have always been cool. But him and Mike Tyson have had their tension. Him and Floyd Mayweather have had their tension. And I think one or two others. But with George Foreman, yeah, you know, it's uh, good that he's reached out to Foreman or allowed Foreman to reach out to him and he's talking to him. I don't really think from... Is there is there much from a technical point of view that Foreman could teach Wilder? Because they're very different fighters, very different physical ability one similarity between them is that their technique, their punch technique is unorthodox to say the least. All right. Deontay Wilder's straight right hand is very good and very orthodox, but a lot of the other punches he throws are unorthodox. And George Foreman was an extremely unorthodox fighter. So Foreman didn't have the speed that Wilder has, but obviously he had famously heavy hands. He was a tremendous puncher, but he would throw punches in such a bizarre and awkward fashion at George Foreman. I don't know whether that was by design or whether that was just because of his natural body mechanics being a little weird, <laughs> kind of like Joe Joyce, because Joe Joyce is compared to George Foreman in terms of his his uh, movement. The way he moves reminds you of George Foreman. Not to say that Joe Joyce is anywhere near as good as George Foreman, but I'm just saying the way he moves, it looks like George Foreman, kind of clunky, throws weird looking punches, very slow like George Foreman. So when you are limited in that way, like Foreman was, perhaps you learn ways to compensate for your limitations. And maybe he could teach some of those ways to Deontay Wilder. Again, they're very different fighters, different builds and, and all that kind of stuff. So I don't, I don't know how that would work out. Maybe it's more of a mental thing why George Foreman needs to be brought in. And look, just because George Foreman fought a particular way, it doesn't mean he can't teach other styles of fighting. It doesn't mean he can't teach fighters who have different uh, different attributes to himself. That does have to be said. So anyway, let me know what you guys think in the comments section below about George Foreman offering advice to Deontay Wilder. And again, to me, is George Foreman doing it out of the goodness of his heart? Maybe. Uh, is he doing it for a check? He's made a lot of money out of selling his grills. He's made a lot of money out of boxing. So unless he's made some really terrible investments, I don't think he's doing it for a check. I just think it's more about George Foreman's ego. And I'm not dissing him for that. 
because in the world of boxing, it's ego-driven, not just money-driven. Money is a huge part of it, but ego is also a big part of it. If it was all just about money for fighters, then they wouldn't reach the top. Yeah, if, if you're a fighter and you're talented and it's only about money for you, you're not going to get to the top. It, ego has to be involved. You have to want to be the best. You have to love what you're doing and take pride in what you're doing in order to get to the top and stay at the top. So I think George Foreman still has a lot of pride and he wants one last chapter in his boxing career. Let me know what you guys think in the comment section below what's happening. John Ryder, from your humble abode, how you doing? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm um, I'm slightly bored. Um, got to know my family a little bit more. So, um, <laughs> yeah, we're all, they're all decent people and we're getting along just fine. They put the gorilla in a cage. They have, they, they've caged the beast, yeah. Um, before we get started, my little girl's been dying for a shout-out on Joe Wick's PE sessions every morning. She's not got it, so I need to give it to her before we get started. Otherwise, I'm not allowed to do this at all. Okay. Yeah, so Heidi... Um, you're not on PE live, but you're on this interview, so enjoy it. <laughs> Seconds out live instead. <laughs> Seconds out live, yeah. Hi, Heidi. No fitness here. Forget Joe Wicks. Who cares about Joe Wicks? Seconds out is where it's at. Is that? We love exactly. Heidi. We'll get a million viewers, will not Joe Wicks That's doesn't it. care about you. <laughs> we love you. That's Joe it. Wicks will love that. Know. I've never met <laughs> Joe Wicks. I'm sure he's a lovely fellow. Do you know what I mean? But <laughs> He might be on your case after this, mate. Yeah, I know. I was, I'll take it all back, Joe. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so what did you kind of have on the radar before all this madness began? Did you have a fight date lined up? Were there kind of irons in the fire? There, yeah, there was, there, there was talks. There was talk of the, the May 23rd show, talks of um, June 20th at, at the Tottenham Ground. So there, there was a few irons in the fire, a few, few options. But, I mean, what, what what's going on now? Who knows? Any idea who that might have been against or what titles might have been on the line? No, not a clue. Just that there was guaranteed to be a big fight. Um, get you back to the level I've been operating at. But um, yeah, just just was, was just trying to finalise a date then finalise an opponent. How would you have felt about being on that um, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium show? Obviously a huge show, AJ, um, great profile razor as well, even more so coming off your last fight. Would, would that have been something you'd relish? I mean, that could still be on for all we know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be tough. What with the the football season still ongoing and what they're going to do with that, so I think it's possibly potentially going to have to be pushed back. But I mean, yeah, I mean, being an Arsenal fan, it's not ideal, but that's kind of what I was getting. It's at, a great yeah. stadium. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great new stadium, and um, listen, it's North London. That's where I'm from. It's where I'd like to represent. So, um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be fantastic to be on the first boxing card there. I mean, we saw just before the lockdown started, it looked like Billy Joe Saunders was going to get the next shot at Canelo in that super middleweight division that you're both part of. I say shot at Canelo. Billy Joe Saunders is, of course, the champion. Um, of course, yeah. But now it looks like Canelo might go straight into a fight with Triple G in September as the lockdown looks like it's going to last longer than was first anticipated. Where does that kind of leave you in the shake-up? Uh, Callum Smith obviously needs an opponent now as well. Yeah, I mean, it's weird because I know, I know Golovkin was meant to be taking care of a mandatory challenger, so I don't know if that will trump it being a unification. Um, 
it's, it's a shame. I, I, I was happy for Billy Joe getting that fight, and if it doesn't happen, it's a real shame. But I'm sure his time will come, and he, and he will get the showdown eventually. And where does that leave you? You know, is Billy Joe rematch a possibility? Is Callum Smith rematch a possibility? Especially after the um, contention around the last fight. I'd like to think both are, are possibilities, but I think with with that fight now being tied up with the potential of a Golovkin rematch with Canelo, I think that you could see the unification between Billy Joe and Callum Smith in a, in a big a big showdown there. It makes sense. It's, it's a big money fight for both, and it, it's, it's going in the right direction for what I'm sure Eddie wants to do with them. So if that does happen, and they're kind of both out of your reach, at least for the time being, what sort of route would you go down? Well, I've, I've been calling for the likes of like Danny Jacobs. I want a top-level fight. I don't think I need a comeback fight after that. I believe I showed my class and where I'm at, and I just want to be fighting the best of the best. That's a really good fight. Do you think that would be one that would have to take place in America? Or, again, could that be a maybe an undercard of a pay-per-view fight over here? Well, you never know. The likes of the, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium matchup, you never know. That could be a good chief support. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm happy to go to New York, Brooklyn, and, and, and do it. Is that kind of one of your... Are there kind of still places that you'd like to fight in to kind of tick off your, your list? Yeah, of course. I mean, first and foremost, I'm a boxing fan. and I've been lucky enough to fight in Vegas on Cinco de Mayo. I've boxed in some great cards over here at the O2 Arena. I've boxed up and down the country in many of the arenas. So, I mean, now it's just ticking things off the list. I'd love to box at the Staples Centre in LA. I mean, Madison Square Gardens would be a dream, but the Brooklyn Centre would be would be good as well. How are you getting on in this current situation with training and also keeping your weight down? It's tough. You know? it's, it's real tough. It's, um, it's, a, it's a juggle, do you know what I mean? Because we're restricted to what we can do. I'm trying to get a couple of walks in in the daytime and get my runs in at night. But um, I've, that's, the funny thing is I've cut out breakfast now. I'm not eating breakfast. I'm just having a smoothie, um, slight, a, a light lunch and then a bit of dinner because... I don't need to consume too much. I'm not burning much, so I'm, I'm, I'm keeping on top of it, which is good. Are you missing Tony yet? I am. I'm missing the boys. I mean, it's lovely to be with the family. I mean, obviously, my son is eight months, my daughter's five, so it's really great to be spending a lot of time with them, um, getting on like a house on fire. But um, I'm, I'm missing my gym family now, yeah. I think I'm speaking to Wardy a bit later, so I'm sure he feels the same. Yeah, I know. It's, um, it's one of the things, you know, we spend so much time together and like, dude, we're, so, we're all so competitive around each other and we all like urge each other on and, and, and to do better. And it's, it is a real, real family spirit and it, it, I do miss it. How long, I mean, I know it's hard for you to say as much as anyone else, but what you've been told from like TV or promoters or management as well, how long do they anticipate this could go on for? Well, I don't know. I did see a post from Matchroom today saying that I think the Cardiff show had been put back to July 11th and the, um, the was it the Manchester, the Dillian White fight with um, yeah. Povetkin had been pushed back to the 5th of July. So, I mean, I'm hoping these are a possibility and we do get the boxing back in July. But, I mean, anything longer than that, and I mean, it's, I feel like it's been a slow start to the year already for British boxing, but any further than that, then it's going to be a real bad year for boxing. Well, it's the bottleneck as well, isn't it? I think there were like three pay-per-view shows within seven weeks. And now they have all been put back by at least a couple of months. So it's going to be even more of a bottleneck, you would think, when it resumes. 
Yeah, massively. But I think the good thing to come from this will be you're going to get some right good fights on the cards. You're going to get real 50-50 fights. These promoters are going to have no choice but to put the, the top boys in against the top boys and just to really get people fighting and get the cards selling. And just overall, how kind of worried have you been about all this? Because like you say, you've got a young family. You've got all this going on. Something that I've never seen in my lifetime, so you probably haven't in yours either. Have you been kind of coping with that side of it, the stress and the mental aspect? Well, about about three weeks ago, I, I come out of the gym a week earlier than the rest because I felt a bit achy, a bit tired. So I just took myself out, uh, had, a, had a, probably a 10-day self-isolation before that and uh, just got myself better. But, I mean, yeah, um, it's like being locked up in Pentonville now. <laughs> I mean, full lockdown and, yeah, we're just Quite going to anyway. it. I'm not, I'm not too far, yeah. yeah. It's a stone's throw away. Oh, but at least you've had practice at isolation then. You know how to kind of cope with it to an extent compared to the other guys. Yeah, well, I had a bit of freedom. I was able to go out for walks. and I mean, I've got the, the eight-month-old boy. He's, um, he only sleeps in his pram during the day, so that's a, a slight chore. But um, it's just one of the things. We're, 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 we're training him to sleep in the house a bit more. Yeah, it takes time. I remember those days. <laughs> not not with any warmth fever, but yeah. when, <laughs> when, once they get old enough to talk, then they just want to be doing stuff all the time. And I know with my little boy, it's really difficult during the lockdown just to keep him occupied. Uh, we've just had, um, he just started crawling as well. So that's been fun. So um, yeah, it's not made it any easier though. <laughs> He'd start building an extension. Whether you've got <laughs> it or not. I <laughs> know, oh, there's two measure flats, it's not big enough. Oh, well, hopefully you get big fights later in the year and you can do something about that as well. Yeah, fingers crossed. I mean, I was hoping for two fights this year. I'll be lucky if I get one now. So, um, yeah, but if it's a huge fight, money-wise, it. it might make up for it. You never know. Well, that's it. It might be the last fight if it's that, if it's that good. <laughs> yeah, don't say No chance. Too young no, to retire. No, no chance. <laughs> too young to retire and too, still too much to achieve. Exactly. Well, that's the right attitude to have. We'll have to check back in with you later on in lockdown and see if you're still as uh, enthusiastic. What, you know what, I'm refusing to shave the beard or cut the hair. So, I mean, depending on how long we go, I might look like Forrest Gump. That's what we're waiting for. Won't be able to go running, that, though, will we? <laughs> <laughs> that or I'll be bald. I prefer Forrest Gump, but we'll see how we yeah. go. I might just go the other way and just shave it all off. Yeah? I can't yeah. imagine what you'd look like with a skinhead, to be honest. Me, me, I, might, no, I might just go full old man, shave the middle of the side. Home over, yeah. I'm over here. Bobby Charlton style. Yeah, I'll look forward to it. That's it. You've got to shake it up now and again, haven't you? Yeah, why not? Mohican or something, or reverse Mohican. <laughs> Brilliant. Let's do it. Do it. <laughs> well, we'll see We'll see how bored I get and how it really yeah. affects this lockdown. Put it out to a pole, you know. Yeah, nah, no. Nah, really gonna... They'll really set me up. Yeah, well, there's no going back, is there, from like a, a skinhead or a Mohican? So. That's it. We'll just we hope the uh, we'll hope the lockdown lasts a bit longer if I do. <laughs> yeah, just don't let anyone see you. Never mind it. Not even your family. <laughs> That's it. There'll be no Skype in your own room. Sure. Brilliant. Well, really appreciate your time. As always, no problem. No, thank and, um, you, mate. I hope it all goes well for you. I hope boxing for all of us. I hope boxing comes back soon. But I hope you get your big fight before the end of the year. Fingers crossed. Thank you. Appreciate it.
obviously this week has had its its fair share of interesting news. I think it's fair to say across social media. Uh, today we woke up to the news that Scott Fitzgerald has had his license suspended by the British Boxing Board of Control after allegedly assaulting his partner. Um, just your initial comment on that, Eddie. I think there's a, a, a bigger story. I think we, we need to take uh, Scott's version of the story into account as well. I won't comment on that because obviously that is a, a matter for the police at the moment. What I can tell you on Scott Fitzgerald is um, Scott Fitzgerald um, was put into Sporting Chance Clinic by Steve Wood mainly, but myself as well, um, because he needed some help. You know, he was struggling in life. He was struggling uh, with various forms of addiction. And, you know, he, he stated this personally, so I'm, I'm not uh, speaking on his behalf. Mm. Um, and he's had a rough time of it, to be honest with you. The incident is, again, everybody's got their version of stories and that will come out via the police. Um, the main reason that he had his li licence suspended was because the board didn't know that he went into Sporting Chance Clinic. And they won't let a fighter fight if he is mentally not right or prepared to fight. Obviously, with the stuff on the, um, you know, the incident, that's something they took into consideration as well. As I understand it, um, we hope this will be cleared up soon. But it still doesn't um, take away the fact that he's he's work in progress, you know, on many different levels. And I think one of the tough things about this quarantine is he came out of rehab, really. I mean, Sporting Chance does a great job. And unfortunately, he had no gym to go to, you know. And he, he had no real support system because people couldn't go out and visit him and see him and you know, it was really frustrating because I would have quite happily I wanted, you know, again not speaking on his behalf, I'd rather he was out of Preston. You know, sometimes people get grow up in an area and they, they've got a group of people around them who haven't really taken their life to the same levels that some people may have done. And it baffles me sometimes that people almost want to bring someone down. And I've seen it with fighters before. Kel Brooks, another one. You know, where people who are supposed to care for you watch you burn down in flames, you know, or, or watch you um, just implode is the best word. And if they cared for you, they wouldn't. They'd put their arm around you. And they'd say, no, no. And, th and that's why, although he's so popular in Preston and he's just such a massive ticket seller, and ideally I'd like him to stay there, I think he needs to get out of Preston, to be honest with you, and, and live his life. When Scott Fitzgerald's in camp, when he's focused, it's not a problem. This is a situation for all fighters. But one of the big problems at the moment is they're not being able to go into camp. They're not being able to do all the things that swerved them away from that kind of life in the first place. You know, we talk about boxing and all the great things it can do. It still applies to people who may have demons or may have, may be ill-disciplined. They still need it. You don't find a gym when you're 18 and your life is changed forever and you don't go back to that place you once come from. Boxing keeps you regimented. It keeps you disciplined. And right now, the problem we have is a lot of the fighters don't have that regimental element into their life. They don't have that discipline in their life because they're not being able to go to the gym. Not not an excuse, but 
coming out of where he was at, sporting chance, he drove straight to my office. We had a really good chat. And, you know, I could see the next few days were difficult for him. He had some personal problems as well. Um, and, you know, I, was, I would speak to Scott four or five times a day, you know, and I would speak to Steve Wood. And I could see, you only had to look from his Instagram, you know, from his, mm. his stories and stuff like that, that he needed, you know, the help wasn't 14 days in sporting chance. That got him off to a start. But this is just the start of the recovery process for him. And unfortunately, with this isolation, people aren't being able to put their arm around him or me put him, bring him down to the matrim gym and put him up down in Brentwood and say, look, have a month down here in camp. So no excuses. And, and listen, we'll see how it plays out. But that's the situation um, regarding him. He's, he's definitely work in progress. Obviously, I appreciate it's very soon after the fact and there are still details to emerge from it. But considering the issues that he's had in the past, considering, I mean, he was he was due to box earlier on this year but couldn't for, for a, ver- a variety of reasons. If this comes out that he is, in fact, guilty of what he's been alleged to, well, what he's been accused of, is there a potential for you not working with him in the future? Yeah, I think that, you know, some people said, I'm sure we'll go on to Billy Joe Saunders thing mm. soon, you know, Um People in place, it's very difficult, Rob, when you deal with someone. And people always go back to the one incident where I've said, I'm not going to work with you anymore, which was O'Hara Davis. And um, I, I really like O'Hara Davis, but it, was, it wasn't it was even one thing that he'd done. It was like a string of things. And again, not going back there, but it was the whole Liverpool thing and stuff like that. And got a lot of friends from Liverpool. And Scott... Everything for me is a case by case, you know. Scott has demons, he has problems, you know. And it's so difficult because all these guys, including O'Hara, are all really good lads, but sometimes they they do stupid things. We all do stupid things, but sometimes when you haven't quite had the guidance or maybe the education or, you know, it's easier to do those stupid things. And... Scott's fate will be in the hands of the British Boxing Board of Control and the police, maybe. Again, I can only tell you what I'm hearing, which is hopefully everything gets solved. But if he came out and he, he was, you know, sentenced or anything, then obviously his career's in tatters. Tatters. And um, that will be the people that decide his future. Once we hear the truth, once that comes out in into play, then obviously we will make a decision on what we're going to do with Scott. I have a soft spot for him. I've spoke to him five times a day since he's come out sporting chance. And he's, like I said, he's, he's working progress. He's, he's, he's a recovering addict, really. That's, that's the truth. And whether it's gambling or whether it's drink or whatever it is, it's everything, to be honest. And I'm very surprised that he's got to the level that he's got to with these problems. Now, these problems were all there in his mind and, you know, for the Fowler fight, for the Cheeseman fight, and he's managed to come through those fights. And I'm excited by his future. I'm excited by the uh, the Anthony Fowler rematch, of course. But this is bigger than that. This is law. This is life. This is happiness. And that takes priority. All
Hi there, I'm Danny Flexen and welcome to this week's edition of Seconds Out Flexpectations, a weekly look ahead at the boxing action to come. And obviously with the current pandemic and lockdown in force in the UK, we're looking far, far ahead um, rather than just the weekend in the next couple of days. Um, one thing that I wanted to talk about certainly this week is the potential bottleneck of shows um, that are going to come once the lockdown's finished. And it seems churlish to complain about something like that, considering we're going to be starved of boxing action for months and people are going to be desperate to watch any live events they can. But something that needs to be addressed, and I spoke to um, Skyboss Adam Smith about this yesterday, like the name drop there, um, is the potential um, jamming of several pay-per-view shows in a really short space of time. So before the lockdown was enforced, we were looking at, I think it was, three Sky Sports box office shows within seven weeks. And then if you add in um, BT Sports box office, uh, Daniel Dubois gets Joe Joyce show, I think that was three weeks before that Sky um, run started. So that's 10 weeks, four pay-per-view shows in 10 weeks, which is pretty tough as it is. But then projecting forwards when everything gets rearranged, it could be even worse. So at the moment, we're looking at um, Dillian White against Alexander Povetkin, which was scheduled for May. Is now going to take place at the beginning of July. A week later, um, clashing with a normal Sky Sports show from Wales, is Dubois Joyce, rescheduled date, July the 11th. So that's already two on consecutive weeks. And then we've got Anthony Joshua at the moment, still scheduled for June the 20th, but there's every chance that's going to get moved back as well. Um, but if it stays in place, then we're looking at three pay-per-view shows in four weeks, which just sounds ridiculous. Um, and then we're still waiting for uh, Alexander Usyk against Derek Chisora to be rescheduled, which if that takes place in July, we could be looking at all four within a span of, say, eight weeks rather than the initial ten that we were looking at before. It's just crazy. And although we're desperate for boxing action, I'm a fan as much as I am a journalist, it does present a bit of a problem, especially with people's finances compromised after either not having worked for a certain amount of time or only receiving 80% of their wages, depending on your situation. It's going to be difficult for people, these pay-per-views, unless um, these guys have a, you know, the people in charge have a change of heart and decide that with people's wallets in danger at the moment, danger of being empty at least, that they'll cut prices on these pay-per-views or even move some of them to regular subscription TV. I mean, one can dream, right? Then we're looking at 20, 25 quid a pop, depending on which fight. We, we One saving grace, of course, is that the third fight between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder has been moved back to at least October. Um, so we won't have to worry about that until then. But June slash July could be a real um, pain for the dedicated boxing fan. And it causes us to make some real choices. A lot of people I've spoken to recently, looking on the positive side of the lockdown and or shutdown of boxing as well, have said, look, it's not great, but because there will be fewer shows and they'll all have to be crammed in, there'll be a lot more competition, every show is going to have to be really amazing and chock full of 50-50 fights. Not sure it'll be quite that good, but it should be better than it has been in the last year or so. Now, we're going to have to make some choices if we do get four pay-per-view shows in around eight weeks. And I've already kind of come to terms with the ones I'm going to pay for and the ones I'm not. And I'm not going to sit on the fence. I'm happy to, to kind of go through them. And the Wild Joyce is one that a lot of people will be unsure about because it's not the same level as the others necessarily. It's not a world-level fight. It's not featuring former world champions or world title challengers. But for me, it's probably the most intriguing fight out of the four headliners. You've got two unbeaten British guys fighting for, I think it's like five belts, but the most senior of which, if you like, is probably the European heavyweight title. Really intrigued by 
Bois' youth and power and athleticism against Joyce's durability and work rate and toughness. I think that's a real hard fight to call, but also just a really exciting domestic clash. And they might not have, you know, outgoing personalities, but in the ring, they always entertain, both of them do. So I'm really looking forward to that one. They'll definitely be paying for it. So then you look at the other three, and I think one of the least inspiring fights, funnily enough, is the most um, is the one on the highest level, which is AJ defending his unified world heavyweight titles against Kubrat Pulev. Yes, you know he's got two of the major belts in the glamour division. He's a regular pay per view or established pay per view attraction. Sells out stadiums. If this ends up still happening at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, which seems you know doubtful considering the football season still needs to be restarted and and will you know, be prolonged as well. Um, but either way, that's obviously going to be paid view. There's no way around that, and I, I accept it. Is it a great fight? I mean, I, I think AJ's a massive favourite going in. I think Pulev has waited around for his chance and certainly deserves it, but this um, delay won't have helped his chances anymore. I think the older you get, the more active you need to be. Um, and Joshua, how inspired is he going to be? I mean, obviously the wake-up call, if you like, he had against Andy Ruiz in their first fight should encourage him not to take anyone lightly. But we'll have to wait and see. I mean, I think when it comes to the crunch, because of who it is and the fact it will probably have a really good undercard and it will be an event as well, I probably will pay for it. But I'm certainly more kind of on the fence about that one than I am Dubois Joyce, strangely enough. Um, Dillian White, Alexander Povetkin. Again, two kind of world-level, world-top 10 heavyweights. Uh, good undercard as well from what's been announced so far, including Katie Taylor against Amanda Serrano. Um, just the, the depth of the card, the fact that Dillian White is usually in entertaining fights, um, the last one against Marius Vak, notwithstanding. And then we've got uh, Povetkin, who again is, is an aggressive fighter. He gave AJ some problems. We saw him more recently against the likes of Huey Fury, Michael Hunter. Um, so that's an intriguing fight. And again, that's quite a hard one to call. That might be the closest to a 50-50 out of all four headliners. Um, so I'm kind of on the fence about that one. I'm not sure. I think if they add a lot more to the undercard and I, I like some of the undercard fights, I probably will pay for it. But at the moment, I'd say I'm on the fence. I'm, I'm, I've said on the fence so many times. At the moment, I'm 50-50, let's say that. Um, so that's two I'll pay for, one I'm not sure about. And the last one for me, and I know this contradicts a lot of people on social media who find this the most enticing out of all four. Um, and they're not sure, you know, how Alexander Usyk's going to deal with a real decent heavyweight in Derek Chisora. Um, will Chisora make his size advantage count? Will Usyk just completely outbox him? For me, I'm not going to pay for it. <laughs> I'm just going to be completely honest here. I, I can't really afford it to pay for four pay-per-views within eight weeks. And if one has to bite the dust, for me, it's that one. You know, I think we've got two kind of B-side pay-per-view fighters. Now, Usyk's an excellent fighter, one of the top pound-for-pound fighters in the world, don't get me wrong. But his only previous appearance on UK pay-per-view, he was, in essence, the B-side to Tony Bellew. And, and showed that he maybe shouldn't have been by, by outboxing Bellew down the stretch and, and getting rid of him in, in what was a really good performance. And former undisputed world champion, of course, down at Cruiserweight. Heavyweight debut against the late substitute in Chaz Witherspoon didn't really inspire. And then you've got Chisora, who's always good value. But again, his pay-per-view headliner opportunities that he's had has been as the B-side against Dillian White for the most part. Or at least as the kind of 1B and 1A because the, the pay-per-view shows were sold on their rivalry rather than one of the individual fighters. Him against Usyk, there's no inbuilt rivalry. There's no real grudge. There is intrigue for some, but for me, I think 
I don't want to offend Derek Chisora, but I think Usyk's a big favourite, in my view. He's just a much better, more well-rounded boxer and closer to his physical prime than Chisora is. Chisora's on a great run of form and he'll always give people trouble, but I just think Usyk's a lot closer to being a world-level operator at heavyweight at this point in their respective careers. I don't think it's wrong to say that. I also think Chisora, when he goes up against these kind of skillful mobile fighters, like Ajit Kabayel, the tactics he employed to beat Chisora, even Pulev, who's got sound fundamentals, he can fall short and he can be disheartened quite early on. Same as against Tyson Fury, certainly, in their second fight. So I think, style-wise, Usyk's all wrong for Chisora. Um, and I just think... I think it's a predictable fight and I'm happy to have egg on my face and be proved wrong, although obviously I'll never see it if I'm not going to pay for it anyway. But, you know, people can tell me I'm wrong later on. But that's my view. That's the one I'm not going to pay for. Two that I am and one that I'm not sure about and I want to see what gets added to the card. So obvious question for you guys out there in the comments section below. Let me know what you think. Which ones out of those four, assuming they all do come within a really short um, time frame, which ones will you definitely pay for? Which ones will you definitely not? And which ones are you on the fence about? I'm going to say on the fence again. It should be my new catchphrase. Let me know what you think and the reasons why um, you've made those choices as well. I'll be back on Monday for Reflections, 4.30pm. And next week, Thursday, for Flexpectations, same time. But just, yeah, let me know in your comments below and I'll respond to some of them. Let's be fair. We've got nothing else to do at the moment. So let's interact and, and let's get a debate going. Really appreciate your time and I'll see you all soon. Cheers.